We look forward to seeing you at Two Days of Truth being presented by Beyond Labels. It's our fourth annual Two Days of Truth Summit. This year's theme is Detox is for Everybody. We're bombarded by everything from chemtrails to EMFs to pesticides, herbicides, even uh, toxic people. We're going to deal with all of these aspects at the Two Days of Truth Summit coming up. Sina, give us the final information. I'm really excited about this summit. I think this is going to be our best one yet. It's June 14th and 15th at Polyface Farm. We have some fantastic speakers like Sayer G, the founder of Green Med Info, uh, Dr. Leland Stillman, who's been featured by Wise Traditions lately, Hilda Labrada-Gore, affectionately known as Holistic Hilda, you and me, of course, we also have, for the first time ever, a kids and teens program. So now the adults can enjoy the adult side while they know that their kids and their teens are having fun while also being educated by Joel, myself, and Hilda. It's going to be a blast. And this year, what we're going to do is we're going to actually teach you ancient and modern techniques for how to detoxify the body, mind, and spirit. And we're going to help you put together a personalized plan like an action plan that you can take home and start. As soon as you arrive home, you can implement this action plan and start your detoxing. You know, listen, folks, Polyface is only eight hours from half of the U.S. population. Take a long weekend, come join us, and uh, you'll rub shoulders with other like-minded people, find our tribe, and be encouraged. It's a lonely place out there lots of times, especially if you're a bit of a maverick. So come and spend time with other mavericks and get encouraged, inspired, and enthused about living a more healthy life. So I love the topic for this year, detoxification. It is one of the most important topics that we could ever address at our health summit. Because as Joel mentioned, everyone, every single person needs to know how to detoxify their body, mind, and spirit in order to achieve optimal health and wellness. Well, I love the fact that you said God-given, right? Because that was really what it was like for me. I had a flash of insight one day around how our body is like this living and breathing miracle that even from the conventional perspective, right, of um, looking at the body's cells, um, how they replicate, it appears that there is a, a cell line in our body that is basically been replicating since the beginning of what you know conventional science says is the beginning of time biological time and and it's 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 a sign of how um resilient we are and 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 it's a way of understanding that when we're up against a world where we're told that you know much of the health problems we have are just sort of inherited from distant ancestors that you know we might get some arbitrary glitches in our uh, dna and then you know we end up sick it was a way of reminding people that that's probably not the case given just how much resilience is actually hard-coded into our genome and all the ways in which our body, when you remove the interference, um, just naturally attains great health and well-being. And so that was really the focus, and it was inspired by my own incredible journey of having been really sick and gone through all types of allopathic procedures to try to maintain health and ultimately natural medicine is what saved my life. And so for me, it, it felt like kind of a spiritual journey as well. And I'm very grateful, you know, for my body. I didn't create it. So you can start invoking a creator if you like, because I think that's a legitimate way of understanding uh, the miracle of our body and to be grateful for it. I love that. You know, not many people know 
that you actually went through a healing journey yourself, that you were very sick at one point. You know, we see you now as like this icon of health, right? This expert in this field of health and wellness. But you, I think you were inspired on this path in part because of how sick you got, right? Can you explain to us, share with us a little bit about your own healing journey? Yeah, sure. I, for me, you know, when I was uh, born, it was only about six months in that I started to have severe bronchial asthma episodes where they needed to, you know, inject me with epinephrine and other medications like corticosteroids to keep me alive. At least that was the conventional narration around what happened. But over time, um, you know, I would undergo various complications of these medications, um, not to mention trauma, because when they inject you with epinephrine, when you're just an infant, um, it's, it's arguably something that really makes you feel a lot of fear and a lot of trauma. And that that's something I carried with me for some time. So I had to do a lot of work on understanding the true causes of why I was experiencing asthma and uh, ultimately, it was as simple as removing cow's milk when I was 17. Of all things, you know, my mother didn't realize when she put me on formula at six months that the cow's milk was a key ingredient in, in my asthma. And so I, as, as recently as a few weeks ago, I started to kind of slip a bit of it in my diet. And I, I love Indian curry, for example. And so there was some milk in it. And I started to be like, oh, I could have a little bit of it. And then over the course of a week, I was practically asthmatic again. So for whatever reason, it was as simple as that. Now, had my culture, you know, been different, had I been born into a rigid diet, or maybe, you know, like an ancestral template, which I know you and, and Joel often advocate for, uh, I may not have had to have suffered that way. So for me, I, I really it drove me to want to communicate to others that sometimes the dietary factors are essential in, you know, your risk for certain chronic conditions. And we're not really being told that by the conventional medical establishment. So, you know, that's what really drove me initially to share my story. And then Create Green Med Info, which has about 80,000 abstracts um, that are indexed that support natural medicine, alternative medicine, and of course, um, dietary-based approaches to health and wellness. So do you think your experience would have been different if the milk would have been like raw A2, A2 milk? Amen. Yes. In fact, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I Absolutely. My research has also led me to understand that the differences in these casein configurations are dramatically, you know, um, they, they, they're they so dramatic that A2, right, is, is something where if I had been exposed to that, I arguably would have not had asthma and or if it was raw, not, you know, shot through with you know, homogenization. And then of course, sometimes there's even titanium dioxide they were using in some milks to make it look whiter. As I know you're an expert yourself in this topic, the problems with conventional milk, we could spend several hours talking about it. Whereas the good stuff we used to get, you know, in the traditional way, um, assuming a certain genotype, I believe, see my mom is blonde hair, blue eyed, fair skin. My father's Korean. In her tradition, you know, she has no challenges with dairy that we can tell but my father did as well so because it wasn't part of his tradition so there is something to be said for looking at you know how the nutrigenomics fits in with the genomics you know and for me 
yeah, cow's milk was not going to work. Although, like you said, like actually I have experimented with goat's milk products and I am actually able to tolerate them just fine. So that's another example where exactly the the, the type and the quality is is the determining factor. Okay. So do you drink milk now? Like I, I've seen you write about things like uh, very much in line with my perspective that we lived most of our existence without domesticated animals. And so we wouldn't have had access to anything but the breast milk. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, and milk was a big trigger for me as well. In mm -hmm. my own healing journey, I had to remove it completely. Um, oh. I'm no longer sensitive to it, but I still don't um, regularly consume it um, because I just don't think for my ancestral template, um, mm -hmm. it's compatible. Uh, so do you feel, do you still perceive it that way, that this is something that is newer in our diets, you know, because it only would have really happened after the domestication of animals. And so the majority of us may in fact have difficulty with milk it's, it, to some extent. It's a really good question. And there's a lot of complexity there. I, I saw, you know, the origin of, I guess, the conventional Western uh, diet or the Neolithic transition right to, to using grains as the substrate for your entire economy and culture you know it was coterminous with the introduction of animal husbandry so those two things happened simultaneously um so that's a relatively recent time obviously there's been a lot of work right within the sort of paleo movement to uh contextualize things within the geologic skills of time that theoretically um, are required to alter, you know, the um, the gene sequences, you know, in our genome. We're talking about hundreds of thousands, even millions of years. So that's in that context. Um, yes, it does seem as if consuming milk from other animals is relatively recent, right? That said, there's so much research now that I'm super interested in. In fact, Regenerate was also inspired by a lot of this research on microRNAs which are, you know, <clears throat> nucleic acids basically that are in the foods we eat, that in the case of these microRNAs are able to control um, in some way the expression of the majority of the protein coding genes. So they're very powerful. They're invisible. You're not seeing them in the milk you're drinking, but bovine exo exosomes are intended for baby cow. So they will alter our genome in such a way that we, they, we will lean more towards bovine characteristics. That's one reason why weightlifters will use massive amounts of whey and casein. It's not just because of the protein type, but it's also, I believe, because of the you know hormone growth factors, the exosomes that contain the microRNAs that alter their physiology to be more like a cow. So it's really interesting how we can become almost a little bit chimeric depending on what animal foods we consume. Um, so it, it's a complex topic, um, but uh, one that I, I enjoy having because I certainly haven't come up with all the answers at this point. It's just interesting, you know.